0: Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast where we discuss everything you need to take your performance to the next level. On this week's episode I'm delighted to be joined by Nick Littlehays, sports sleep coach that has worked with the likes of Manchester United, Arsenal and has also been involved with the English national team. On this episode we discuss the benefits of sleep for performance and recovery. We also discuss why you don't need to join the 5am club to be successful. Nick also discussed how to maximise your sleep so you can maximise your performance and everything in between. So Nick, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you giving up your time to come on. So, I suppose we get started like I get started with most of my guests. And just a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into becoming a sleep coach. Uh,
1: It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Um, that could be a really long answer to your question, but, uh, you know, hopefully people can Google it or whatever to build it up. But principally, you know, I, I love sports as a teenager, like everybody does. I was just trying to be an elite athlete in something that unlike you, uh, that was, uh, a long, long time ago, back in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, I fell into the world of the sleep industry. I got to the age of around you know forty years old, working for big companies, traveling the world and um, you know sleep is so important, but the whole relationship with how it's been taken for granted it's not a performance criteria, it's not looked at in any other way. I just thought I was just in a world of just making up uh you know marketing bullshit basically about trying to encourage people to to take this uh, a little bit more seriously, but nobody really wanted to listen. So, um, I just found myself in a UK office in Oldham in Manchester, and uh, I was just deciding I was going to go off and do something else. Um, I found myself in conversations with the local football team called Manchester United. Um, whilst uh, Manchester United was a a sporting organisation just down the road from my office. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're sleepers like everybody else, uh, but they were not in the sleep industry. So a lot of the sort of things that I thought were a bit misunderstood, misrepresented, um, all of those sort of things, is that I was able to talk to them as me in my perception of the world of sleep. Uh, And that started conversations off. Uh, it's all about joining dots. up sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there just happened to be a physio at Manchester United called Dave Fever, who um, got intrigued. Uh, never mind the manager at the time, Alex Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking late 90s now, uh, pre them winning the uh, you know crazy treble.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm an Aston Villa fan, so don't worry, I'm not promoting Manchester United. <laughs> um, but back in the late 90s, you know, almost pre-phones, um, we happened to start dialogue and that translated into the England squad because the Manchester United team were very much, there was a lot of English players, mm-hmm. uh, homegrown from that particular era, particularly like Paul Scholes, you know, Ryan Giggs, the class of 92 and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. They also influenced the national squad for England, so that sort of started to to have an impact there. So there was a physio called Gary Lewin who was shared with the England squad and Arsenal. Uh, Then along came this, you know, spectacled French guy called Arsene Wenger who was considered to be a complete maverick. But Gary Lewin, who was with the England squad and the Manchester United players, and it all sort of joined itself up. So we started working with Arsenal. And then... You know, people get interested. You know, what's this crazy guy working with elite premiership footballers yeah. teaching them how to sleep? That's a bit of a joke. And you know, some two decades later, we work with the NFL, the NBA, athletes across the planet, and all sorts of different sides of sports. And in recent times, esporters, poker players. You know, it, it's all about human recovery. Mm -hmm. And the demands of our occupations, whether it's elite sports or not, and uh, it's been a long whole, you know, two decades of a journey. But now sleep has become, you know, the new big subject. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get the new big subject, you have to be really careful that there's a lot of froth, there's a lot of rubbish, there's a lot of stuff going on around that whole thing, but if you boil it all down, it's just a simple process of something we should have learned at school. And it should be the first health pillar for human beings is the ability to recover. And it's not doing nothing. It's the ability to recover. And if you can recover, you can keep high levels of alertness, awareness, decision-making, mood, motivation, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, the list goes on. And if you can keep those up, then, Every, everything that's a challenge every day becomes less of a challenge. It's more of a, an opportunity. And I think where the world is right now is that everything seems to be a challenge.
0: Yeah.
1: And we should be the healthiest, fittest, most knowledged population that's ever been on this planet. Just look at what we've got at the end of our fingertips. Just look at what we know. So why is
0: it that we're having a podcast about the importance of sleep yeah like you you just said that a simple process and i'm a big big believer and it comes up many times in the days, i feel a lot of things especially in sport now and in life it's nearly like we just bypass all the simple stuff and try to overcomplicate things because as you said like people don't usually buy simple stuff because they're like Oh, that's too simple. There has to be more to it. There has to be a more complicated way. But at the end of the day, as you said, something as simple as sleep can have such a massive impact on performance.
1: Yeah, it's a great point, isn't it? You know, I think we're in that generation of, like, uh, let's get there quicker. Yeah. Let's, get faster. let's find an instant solution. Uh, let's do 20 reps instead of 10. Hang on a minute, we don't do reps anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or find
0: the magic pill or the quick kicks or
1: and and it's sort of like we're always like chasing these things. But but at the end of the day, the rule of thumb is you're a human being with a brain and bodily functions. You have an internal clock and an external clock, which is called the sun going around our planet. They never change. And that whole circadian rhythm process is all about being synchronized. And the more you become desynchronized with it, the more you have these challenges. So if you want to go faster, the reality is is get closer to that process because that will make you faster. Don't go further away from that process because you won't get faster. You'll just get more injuries, you'll burn out, you'll collapse, or you won't make that final meter or that final little step that means the difference
0: whatever you are in life so, so it's kind of looking to that. At- sorry, Nick, just to jump in on that point for someone listening to that how do you go about doing that because now i'm sure a lot of people are listening and go that actually makes sense you know the recovery i can recover better so i can perform better but how do i go about doing that? you mentioned you you know the sun going around it's always going to be that way so how does someone get to that stage where your sleep is improved?
1: Well, I think the first thing you do, which I learned a long time ago, and that was talking to a group of footballers. And if I stand there in front of them and talk about sleep, there is an immediate perception. It's something you just do at the end of the day because you've got to start your day again. So we try and sleep. There's no process. So you try to redefine the language, right? Not to change the context, and the facts and the research but you try to change the language so in the first instance we started to talk about what's called polyphasic sleeping and if everybody listening to this just taps in their browser and just says you know human sleep wave cycles just like i did 20 odd years ago and you suddenly realize that up until this strange thing called the electric light bulb that human beings never slept in one block at night called monophasic sleeping, the eight hours. So you kind of think, well, hang on, maybe that's a better approach. Suddenly you start to change your mm. definition. You redefine your thought process about recovery. So to answer your question as simply as I possibly can, is we chop those 24 hours up into four phases, 16 stages, worked on 90-minute cycles and 30-minute cycles, which is AKA napping, controlled recovery periods. And we look at it in a polyphasic way. So literally from the point of way, so instead of thinking about eight hours in one block, mm-hmm. we think of recovery cycles in two and a half minutes, recovery cycles in five minutes, distracted breaks every 90 minutes. We look at those 16 stages of the day. We look at maybe six, maybe four, one block, 90-minute cycles at night. So it's shorter. It's more defined. Less awakenings, less disturbance, less waking up to go to the toilet, less thought. We, try, we create more in those four phases of the day. So the first phase, the second phase, the third phase, and the fourth phase take the pressure off the evenings, take the pressure off the day. So we actually create more like 10 to 11 hours. Of mental and physical recovery in any 24 hours where everybody else is focused on trying to get eight hours at night nocturnally so only part of that is actually going to reveal good quality recovery so we change your perception that we're we're not wasting valuable time trying to sleep in one monophasic block at night we're trying to look at our whole 24 hours and how we can increase our level of mental and physical recovery, reduce the time we're actually sleeping, which goes against a lot of research. But I talk wow. to doctors and pilots and surgeons and graphic designers and students who, who actually achieves eight hours at night 365. Yeah. So you, you kind of like put it to one side and say, we know the importance of sleep. Of course we do. We know how it can affect so many things. Yes, of course we can. And there's so much research and documentation out there to prove that. But if you go through every 24 hours and we can reveal that you're in a mental and physical recovery state for like 11 hours a day, but you're only actually asleep for six and a half, but your overall recovery approach has been maximized and optimized. Is that those six hours when you are asleep produce more quality than just trying to do it in one block? And when you're in elite sport, there's no way you can talk to people about you know, get eight hours at night, and if you get six, you're dying. It just doesn't work, it's just not
0: manageable, is it? You know, yeah, yeah. So, it really is a case of when you're sleeping it's quality over quantity the hours of the time that you're in bed actually doesn't mean that much
1: well it's kind of nobody argues about you know 30 odd percent of any 24 hours you know like eight hours in 24 Mm -hmm. the human needs to be in a recovery state aka sleep there's no arguing about that that's where the hours comes from And, and if you if you don't do that for three or four days then all your cognitive functions will start to collapse, <laughs> they will, yeah. So, nobody argues about that. But it, it's when you look back at the history of the human being on the planet, and we sleep in all different places around the world in all different environments, and different temperatures, and time zones. And blah, blah, when you look at it, it's about gathering your recovery over a 24 hour period so that when you do need a block of sleep, like hibernation with animals and things like that, when you do need a block of sleep, that it actually is more productive yeah. than just rolling into it without any care or thought. And when you start to look into circadian rhythms and animals and mammals and things like that, and you start to look at that, you know, squirrels don't collect nuts for no reason. You know, uh, bears just don't dive into a hole and wake up six months later, you know. Hibernation, napping, recovery, nocturnal sleeping, all of that stuff, when you start to get into it, it just becomes like, wow. Mm-hmm. I can be more productive, I could do more things, I can protect myself from the challenges of the modern world so I don't react to these things and it changes all my habits. I've got some focused goals, this is what I want to achieve. How do you achieve them? And a polyphasic recovery approach is by far the best approach. And recovery sometimes, you know, sleeping is all about doing nothing, which I don't work with people who do nothing. They want to train as mad as they can. They want to achieve the highest level. And our generation is all about, you know, okay, Usain Bolt ran that fast. I want to run faster. Mm-hmm. You know, we always want to challenge. We want to be better as human beings and everything around us is about being better. But there's a certain point when you get to where you just have to sort of reflect that if you want to go to the next level, this is one area that equals success. Yeah. You have to come back and think about recovery is not about doing nothing. It's not about doing nothing. It, it, it's about there's the, the, the activity, mental and physical intensity, There's about recovery, mental and physical intensity, (laughs) Um, and there's also doing nothing. But that's the outcome of your approach. Because while you're asleep, your brain is controlled now. And so that's it. It, What's gonna happen now is what's gonna happen now. You can't can't change it. So all the things you do about what you're sleeping on, the environment you're sleeping in, who who are you sleeping with? your chronotype, your knowledge of the circadian rhythms, all of these factors, um, your little breaks, your little things, your little that, all of those things end up that in those 24 hours, you're at your personal best, more consistently and more sustainably. So you don't let these impact. And the younger generation really understands this. I want to be as prepared as I possibly can when I look at social media when I look at the news and the notifications that are piling into my life, I want to be able to put it in context. Right? I, I don't want to have the impact on it on every minute of my day. Yeah. I'm just a human being on this planet. And there's Donald Trump, there's coronavirus, there's this, there's Boris Johnson, there's there's north south divides in Ireland yeah. there's all sorts of stuff going on do I really want to allow those things to completely impact on the fact that I would just like to eat some porridge to hydrate well to mm-hmm. do some medical exercising, to get the right light and to be able to do what I want to do mm-hmm. you know you've got to have things in context and recovery is about putting things in context if you're not recovered well Things get out of context and they have too much impact on you.
0: Yeah. That could mean, you know, massive, you know, like people, so many people bypass recovery and think it's all go go until they come to that stage where they hit a wall and then they realize, okay, well, I was doing too much and couldn't recover. When if they looked at it from a whole approach, from a helicopter approach and looked down, if they had to have recovery, right in the first place they would have got far more benefit from the work that they're putting in so I see some people see it as you know waste and time but actually it can be one of the most beneficial things they can do is to get proper sleep and proper recovery there you go is just you don't
1: you don't always put it in context you know particularly with with sport you know when it's a cigar whatever suddenly we start realising that you know, there's too many head contacts. And then we think about concussion. There's too much about this. Too... And then suddenly we realise that, you know, we push the boundaries too far. And and that's what happens. When you look in any areas of sport, we've just pushed it too far, whether it's Super League, Rugby, where's the GAR, NFL, you know, boxing, you name it, cricket, everywhere you go, suddenly we realise that we push the boundaries too far. Yeah, so it's all about decision making. It's all about and all every single game is a complex relationship of decision making. You know, speed of thought, choices, uh, your mood, your motivation, the coaches, the players, in the actual game time as it is, mm-hmm. and anger management. You know, all of those factors there. So when you start to look in elite sports, why do certain teams win? It's because collectively what they've got, you know, whether you look at Liverpool Football Club or you know, Manchester City or yeah. wherever you want to go with your own particular sport, is that the teams that are collectively bringing human beings together and looking at recovery as, as a major performance tool and not seeing it as a disadvantage, and it's not about doing nothing, what you see is they collectively go through a quarter or a season or a period and they have more of their best players available all the time so they can make better choices. They can manage that whole process better and that's why they're better. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. It can apply to any organisation, it can apply to you know the medical profession, any public sector companies, any Public, sec- private sector workers, doesn't matter, you know, parents and kids, you know, all the kids I work with, they're just turning around to their parents and going, why haven't you looked at this before? Yeah. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, And don't do this and don't do that. But actually, you should have known about this. Yeah. So yeah. that younger generation is just starting to think, well, you know, maybe everything in moderation works. Maybe a good, healthy, balanced diet works. Maybe good social experience. Maybe good this, maybe this. If I'm a nighttime chronotype, then being awake at 1 o'clock in the morning, doing my homework, or playing games with my friends all around the world, because that's what you've created for me, mm-hmm. then why can't you embrace that? Why do you keep giving me this crap that I've got to go to bed early and get my eight hours? Yeah. because I'm a nighttime chronotype, for God's sake, and that doesn't work for me, you know. So I, we're really in this whole process of learning and understanding and our relationships with human beings and other human beings, and that really relates inside a team. You know, I'm talking to you from elite sport, you've come to me from that sort of particular area, yeah.
0: and
1: when you've brought it all down, that's what makes a team tick is everybody collectively working as a team and knowing all of these little factors and having coaching programs that don't push and don't edge and realize that you've got to do multi-schedules. Can't change that. But if you understand all the people involved, the human beings, then you can collectively bring them together at any particular time, thinking polyphasic recovery. You can bring them together, whether it's 12 o'clock, midday, Three o'clock in the afternoon, five forty-five, seven forty-five, or an eight o'clock kickoff in Moscow, Ireland, Dublin, yeah, Dubai. It doesn't matter because you have a recovery approach. It's about sleeping, recovering on what's called our planet.
0: That's it. Yeah, and I think what you said there about the young person staying up at night in all walks of life, I think it's so important to know what works for you and don't take just one big generic approach to you have to go to bed early, get your eight hours and you're meant to be fresh when you get up if that's not the way you work. It's a
1: great point, isn't it? I mean you're coming at it from your from your generation, the else. It just you know, you're deciding to be a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. How does that eight hours work? Yeah. You go at nights. You're a pilot, you're a a police officer, your rapid response. You're a politician. Um, you know, you're a student going through adolescence and having to do exams. And you got parents. So, hang on a minute. You can't just lump me with
0: get your eight hours and I'll see you in the morning because yeah. that just not work. It's like saying just because you don't get your eight hours and go to bed early, that means everybody in that profession just isn't doing it right they're wrong because they're sleeping wrong or they're sleeping at the yeah. wrong time
1: and, uh, i think you asked me earlier on you know how do i get into this and one of the things was i was looking at so much research it said if you didn't get eight hours solid sleep if you only got seven or six then basically you're gonna die yeah <laughs> whatever it is you know it, you you're just you need your eight hours solid yeah and i just thought well that just doesn't make sense to my world <sighs> Uh, I, I understand the concept of it, I understand the principles of it, and I don't ignore it. Yeah. But the principle is, I'm a nurse, and I work nights. Mm-hmm. I get home at six o'clock in the morning. How do I get my eight hours at night? I've got to go shopping. I've got to sleep during the day and go back to work at 12 o'clock tonight. How does that work? It doesn't. So people ignore it. I think we're all trying to sort of define what recovery and sleep means to us all, mm-hmm. whether we or whether you're a coach, or whether you're a parent, uh, a personal trainer, whatever you are, we're all trying to sort of find what we don't want to adopt a recovery process that damages our ability to live a long life and healthy life. Mm-hmm. We also don't want that, so we do have to understand that research tells us that we should be careful. But you do have to put something in place early on. Because if you just go through this randomly, taking everything on board every day and just randomly going through it, then what we see in elite sport, which is actually becoming more apparent in everyday life, Mm. is addictive behavior. And that can be the obvious things like caffeine, or alcohol, or excuses. We have so many excuses as human beings. I can't make the gym, I've got a meeting that's been extended. Yada, yada. You know, there's so many things that we put in place that we try to there. There's things we can access online that we just couldn't do before. You know, I was with doctors two decades, decade ago, and they would prescribe sleeping tablets to individuals. Now those individuals can get those sleeping tablets online without prescription, without medication. Yeah. There are caffeine supplements everywhere. There's melatonin. Sublimits. We've got cannabinoids, You know, it's not cannabis, but it's it's another thing. You know, it's another thing. It's another thing.
0: And you just sort of like, whoa, where, where are you going? Where are you going with this? Everybody's just looking for the quick fix. When you know, we, we- all
1: know. We all know that if you deprive somebody of recovery, aka sleep, for Three days, their cognitive function, everything about them just starts to dismantle. You know, they they can't even, you know, you throw a ball at them, it hits them in the face. You know this, we know this, that, that in every seven days, in every 48 hours, every 24 hours, if you're not gathering that recovery in any way you can, polyphasically, short periods, full blocks, whatever your approach is, if you're not gathering, then your cognitive functions deteriorate. They used to call it sleep death, catch up at weekends. You can't do this. You can't just, you know, sleep for 12 hours at the weekend and think you're catching up. There's another, we don't don't do nine to five, seven days a week, five days, have the weekends. This is not, this is a rolling 24-hour process. It's all about making sure you've got the recovery that allows you to keep rolling. And sometimes you get put under pressure. So how do you manage that? Sometimes you get this, and it's you really start to think of 35 cycles a week, 24-7, five cycles a day, plus all those other little cycles, three, six, five, quarter by quarter, season by season. This just goes on all the time. Yeah, it's nothing about sleep deprivation, it's not about catching up, it's not about this, it's not about that. It's just your ability to roll. And if you can't roll, then there's a much larger percentage of the population, even at your age. And I talk to a lot of them, Cillian, you know, I don't represent the rest of the population, but there are, there's a lot of people in the 25, 26, 27, 29, 30, 31, 32, where they just find it, where they can't get out of bed. They just
0: can't be part of society. Yeah, and it is a massive problem, like... Yeah, and I, one thing that I, what you did say there that probably might surprise some people is you can't go all week and then say, on Sunday, I'm going to lie on till two or three o'clock in the day, and then I'll be fine to go again next week because I've caught up in my sleep on Sunday, you know. So I hope people take that. your sleep. You're ignoring one of the
1: basic principles that you forgot to text or WhatsApp the sun. Yeah. that comes around every day with its daylight, with its blue light. Yeah. It's supposed to wake you up, make you active to midday. You forgot to put that in place. Yeah. So, as always, you can't just keep shifting away. It's um, we took a bunch of athletes. They were young athletes, fine, but instead of staying in the hotel before an event, we stuck them in a field in tents. And you know what? You know they haven't got a bedroom. They haven't got a hotel room and all that security. They've just got of polyurethane with a zip on it to protect themselves from the outside world. They woke up with the sunrise. They had a bike suite outside. They enjoyed the morning up until midday. Lots of lights, lots of visualization, great stuff. Yeah, mountains, trees, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a break, have a sandwich, have a bit of chill out, and go again. The second half of the day, the second phase, because it's going away. And the light goes away, so we all hang around the tent and the light's gone, so we make a fire and excuse my, you know, sing a few songs, play a few games, have something to eat, and then we go to sleep in this tent with a bit of foam on the floor or something that's blown up with a bit of polyurethane, with a zip. And we do it again the following day. And you know, we're having an amazing time. We feel invigorated. We feel positive. We feel like we're doing stuff. And there's none of those things that most people put in place.
0: How do we put them in place? How do we get, you know, from the natural light coming in, waking up slowly as the sun rises? How do we get that now in the century that we're living in, where most people will wake up by their mobile, their alarm will go off? First thing you'll do is look at the phone and maybe spend the first ten minutes on it. So how do we get back to that natural way of waking up? Or can I no idea, mate. Yeah. I think you
1: know, like I said, we're just trying to redefine this process. We can't all go start living outside again. We can't
0: no, but like you know the lights that you can use or any way that we can actually bring something into a room to wake us up. A bit more gently than the way we're being woke up at the minute.
1: Yeah, but you then involve other humans in the process. But yeah. to answer your question, is uh, is a lot of people don't actually reflect on sunrise. Okay, I do, and all my athletes do. So, you know what time the sun is going to rise tomorrow. It's there in front of you, right? So, if I've got a consistent wait time relative to my chronotype which you know I'm a morning type, so it's 6.30 every day, 365, for the rest of my life. You can't make me wake up at any other time, because that's my natural chronotype, wake time as a morning type, okay? So if the sun is rising, anywhere from 5.30 onwards, I do not shut the curtains or the blinds. I just let the sun come in. Okay. And wake me up to it, but if it starts to rise because we have daylight saving time in different places on the world, if it's rising at four o'clock in the morning, then that's creating a different space for me. So I shut the blinds and the curtains. Mm-hmm. So what I then do is use a dawn wake simulator. So what I do is put the sun in my room. So it's a dawn wake simulator that actually comes up at six o'clock and wakes me at six thirty. But it's actually putting the light that was outside into my room. So most of the day, most of the year, I just let the sun do it. But when it can't do that, I use a wake simulator. Beyond that, I know that all the artificial light, gyms, my house, my bedroom, my kitchen, my bath, are just producing nowhere near the same amount of light as the sunrise would do into midday in those four phases. So I use a little thing called a human charger which is just putting the right level of light into my body to create the right level of hormones at the different times of the day so I can keep a nice balance. So when I'm talking about, I do this, this is what we do with athletes. So what you do is you can't suddenly start just being outside. You can't suddenly just chuck your phone away and think you can live. You can't suddenly think you can just stop doing this and think you can do that. You know, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's like, all the things we're faced with, it's uh, we like to recycle. So, plastics, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Electric, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that thing that's going on around us is how do you make that change? But for a human being, your best point is to get a much better relationship with light, diminished light and dark. And wherever you live on this planet, whether you suffer from daylight saving time shifts, or we shift the time clocks, which is unnatural. doesn't happen everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. You just get a much better relationship with how much light is so important to you. And it can trigger all sorts of things. So the point of wake, light is really important. And we can't all run outside and live in tents. We can't do that. But we have to understand that if we live inside, That light is really important to us, and through our everyday, in everything we do. So there's a a vast majority of the population who are living in what's called a melatonin world. And that's because if you lived outside, and up comes the sunrise, and inside the daylight spectrum, there's blue light. And that triggers a hormone called serotonin, which is your... Hormone that tells the brain to unsuppress everything. Mood, motivation, activity, bowel and bladder. And then there's diminished light. And diminished light creates melatonin, which tells the brain to suppress things, to move you to a place where you could actually be in active recovery, AKA sleep. Mm -hmm. So our relationship with light and dark and diminished light has been changing so much that that's what desynchronizes yourself. So that creates... that Most people are walking around in a melatonin world. They are suppressed in every single way. So everything they eat, everything they drink, everything they visualize is in a suppressed state. Instead of being at the right times of the day in a serotonin state, which is about elevating on suppression of those things, so that's why I think the general population, and the world's gone nuts about sleep. It's gone nuts. And there's, you know, supplements and eye masks and yeah. apps and technology gone all over the place. And you just have to realize it's a very simple process that every day you should be exposed to 12 hours worth of daylight. You should be exposed to four hours of diminished light and eight hours of dark. That's, that's a natural thing. Relationship with the 24 hours. When you shift on daylight saving time and you change the clocks, we move to a completely different place. So we then move to eight hours worth of daylight, eight hours worth of diminished light, and and four hours worth of dark. We then go into the spring and summer, but it's 16 hours worth of daylight. So when you look around the planet, our relationship with light is key to our recovery. So if you can't be outside, just make sure that inside, you know, that your
0: exposure to light is critical. I think that just on that point, like I think what you've just said there is basically as simple as it gets for someone listening to this that's looking, you know, about sleep and how to get better sleep and just that point of getting your, you know, your eight hours sleep, following the sun, going back to the real roots of when people used to sleep why people used to sleep to recover just bringing it right back as you said it's a simple process at a very start and that's really what it is of just keeping things simple and finding out what works for you getting as much light as you can and getting as much quality sleep as you can whatever way it works for you there you go nick genuinely really like this is an area that sleep that i knew nothing about all I knew is people, I probably would have said people need more sleep, you know everybody needs more sleep, but it's not necessarily the right thing to be thinking, it's about getting your quality and making sure that as you said with people on shift work or whether you work nights, it's about finding what works for you and I think that is just so important for people to understand and the benefit of it too, your sporting performance can be massive. So I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the podcast. For anybody listening, where can they find you, or what's the best place that someone would like to contact you? Well, I can give you a call and you can pass them on, can't you? <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: <laughs> Send them my way is always good. Yeah. Now,
1: obviously, sportsleepcoach.com is our website. We have a. We all go through journeys and stuff. And we've been doing a lot of work over the last five years with more varied more varied uh, organisations like police forces and pilots and stuff like that. We've been involved with a lot more uh, international sports around the globe, uh, you know, generally generated because I was asked to write a book in 2016 that's now in 15 languages, so I was trying to hide away in sport, but now it's sort of opened me up to all sorts of things. But the general thing is, is, what we try and do is we try and provide as much free content as we possibly can. So all the natural social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you want to go, we are constantly providing free content. We have what's called a, a toolkit, a personal development program, which is what's been happening as we're working with, you know, organizations at the top of elite sports and right down to the bottom, and that is just some easy access points. So you can start your journey to really find your approach. You know, for ten dollars, for nineteen dollars, you can listen to the book, you can read the book, you can do a little course uh, just online and listen to it while you're going to work. You can engage in certain services along that route. So we've been really focused on making sure that everybody has a point of access to allow them to self-coach, to get better understanding with free content and everything else. So the best place to go is sportsleepcoach.com. And if when you go there you find it all a bit, you know, yada, yada, whatever, whatever, yeah. just call us. Right? Just get in touch. We're really nice people. You know, that's it you touch with me. You know it's not frightening. Recovery is not frightening, is it? You know, it's not frightening. It's not, you've got to go into some clinic and you've got to go and do this or invest in some new equipment or some new trainers or go to a gym. It's just like, no, 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 no. It's, it's so simple. Just make the
0: call. Yes. Change your life for the rest of your life and you'll be fine. There you go. Nick, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and I hope you have a great evening and a great weekend. No problem sir, cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs, where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.